Brady, welcome to Millennial Manhood. Hey, Alvinson, thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. So, I know who you are. We've known each other for several years, but folks listening have no idea who you are. So, give us a, give us a Brady Morgan 10,000 foot view. Yeah, awesome. Hey guys, I'm Brady Morgan. I reside in Nashville, Tennessee. Me and Yavitz actually used to work together years back. Financial analyst here in Nashville. I actually just started a podcast of my own. So kind of getting some advice from Yavitsa, kind of talking about my story. And uh, this podcast sucks. Don't don't, <laughs> don't get advice from me. It's better than mine. Better than mine. But yeah, guys, I mean, it, there's really not much to tell. I just got married three months ago. So I'm a husband, passionate about finance, passionate about life, and just want to propel myself forward. Okay, awesome. So tell us about this podcast that you started. Yeah, so there's several different components of it. It started out as an idea of me wanting to get my life on track, financially speaking. So I'm really transparent in my podcast. I'm $50,000 in debt. You know, that entails credit cards, student loans, and car loans. Not the best situation to be in at 23, newly married, but it is what it is. And I don't think it's ever too late to get on the right track. Okay. So this podcast is kind of centered around my journey towards paying off that debt and eventually reaching my own version of financial freedom. And I say my own version because I believe everyone has a different story with the way their finances go. And mine just happens to be right now getting out of debt and setting up money and, you know, getting to that next step of life. Mm -hmm. The other component of it is I'm interviewing individuals who are in a position that is either similar to mine or better than mine. And I want to hear their strategies. So the people that are in a situation similar to me, you know, it's almost like a collaboration podcast Mm -hmm. where we're talking, we're bouncing ideas back and forth of, you know, how can we help each other and motivate each other to get out of this hole? On the contrary, the people that are already in a situation better than mine, I want to hear, you know, how did the management of your own personal finances get you to where you are today? Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, you know, I, I target entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship isn't for everyone, but you can't really avoid personal finance. Yeah. Everybody has it. Mm-hmm. So it's talking to people and kind of putting us on that ground level of personal finance and figuring out, you know, what can I do that you did to get me forward in my own journey? So just a conglomeration of ideas. Exactly. Exactly. Which that's a beautiful idea for a podcast. In a lot of ways, that's what I try to do here. Just from a maturity, manhood or womanhood or whatever. I mean, I've talked about this before. I feel like the majority of our audience is actually female, which is ironic. considering (laughs) considering the title um so what have you learned i know you're just only a couple episodes in but the genesis is really cool so actually let me let's take it a step even even further back i know how hard it is to start a podcast just purely from a motivational standpoint if nothing else like the thought of putting yourself out there and people listening to what you have to say and opening yourself up to criticism or even worse putting yourself out there and nobody listening is terrifying Absolutely. So how did the, how did, talk me through it. How did the idea come about? Yeah. So for me, for years, I've always talking about wanting to start my own business, Mm -hmm. but the idea is what, what am I going to do? You know, I I work in a corporate level job and it's, it's good. It pays the bills, but it's not what I'm passionate about. I want something that I can control. So then I was thinking and thinking, and then I kind of gave up the idea. I want something to come to me. It'll come talking to my wife about how much we're in debt, how much it sucks how much we don't have any money. <laughs> yeah. And then I was just like, babe, I want to start a podcast. And then she tells me, well, let's wait a month. You get passionate about things really quickly and then it dies off. <laughs> You're a little impulsive. Exactly. She's how like, you end up in debt? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She's like, let's wait a month. And I'm like, no, I can't. I was like, I feel good about this, but really good about it. So 
that day, ordered podcast equipment on Amazon, ordered business cards, got my why website. The, why the hell do you have business cards for your I'll, podcast? I'll tell you that in a second. <laughs> so ordered business cards, set up a website, set up uh, on the podcast host and everything, and I was ready to go. But the reason I started this podcast, and I promote full transparency, $50,000 yeah. in debt, not a lot of people will say what they are in debt. They just say, I'm in debt. Yeah. I want to be fully transparent. And there's several different components. You know, for one, I want to educate people. I mean, I'm not the smartest when it comes to personal finances, obviously, but I'm going to learn along the way. And I hope people who are at a lower level than me can also learn from my mistakes. I want to serve as a source of inspiration, telling people that I'm committing to getting out of debt at 23 years old. You can too. Mm -hmm. The other thing is accountability. You know, like you said, putting yourself out there, being transparent, getting criticism, not getting any listens. I'm still at that point, Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's a, it, it's a certain point of accountability to where when I put myself out there and I'm telling people how much I'm in debt, you know, the mistakes I'm making, how I'm going to propel myself going forward. It kind of makes me feel like I got to keep doing this. Yeah. You know, if I put myself out there and then I quit. I look like a bitch, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. figuratively speaking, yeah, I, I look yeah. like I put myself out there and then I got scared yeah. and then I stopped, yeah. you know? So, you know, my thing is go big or go home. And I have this whole entire detailed spreadsheet of how much money me and my wife are going to make, how much debt we got to pay off, how much we got to pay on a monthly basis. And I was fully transparent in the episode I released two days ago. I give my, me and my wife a thousand dollars a month in variable spending. That's mm -hmm. groceries, gas, dining out, miscellaneous. Oh, wow. Okay. We're already over that. Yeah. We're like thirteen or fourteen hundred dollars this month, and it's August. What? Yeah, we got nine, eight or nine days. Yeah, so you miscalculated that. Yeah, absolutely. But it's those things. It's like, you know, going forward, should, should I raise that level up so we don't fail going forward? Because I'm, I'm a really big proponent of don't set yourself up to fail. Yeah, you can set really, really high goals, but you also have to be realistic from a certain perspective. Yeah, you got a, you got a stair step. Exactly, exactly. So you know that a thousand dollars. You know, me and my wife are going to recalculate next month. Should we go up? Should, was there any unforeseen expenses this month that aren't going to happen in the future? So, you know, it's all about just formulating a plan and going forward with it. And I felt like this plan is only going to be doable if I have people along this journey with me. Mm. So that's where the podcast comes into play. So what's the name of the podcast? Budget Trek. How'd you come up with that? So I wanted something unique, clever, and clear. And and something is simple, so Apple iTunes will put you at the top of the charts. Yeah, exactly. And no one had bro. That track. algorithm sucks. It's weird. It, I don't understand it. But so obviously, I wanted something that was unique and budget trek. So obviously, it's budget, and then a trek is a journey. Yeah. And I was thinking like budget journey. No, that sounds stupid. Budget trek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it kind of flows. It's simple. You know, you look at it and you see budget, and you automatically think money, personal finance. Yeah. The flip side of this is it's funny. I, I was looking it up on Google and I typed budget trek, you know, thinking there's nothing going to be titled budget trek. I'm looking it up right now as you're talking. There is an app budget that, trekking that someone just made for setting a budget while you're on vacation. Bastards. But I went ahead and set up the uh, domain. So we're good. I got to it before he did. <laughs> so what is the email? Oh, what is the website? Budgettrek.com. So just budget. Okay, budget track is it one one T or two T's? One T. Okay, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, yeah. Look at you with your professional website. Yeah, it needs some work. I'm not the best at designing websites, but you know, I figure this is about personal finance. I got to do some bootstrapping and do it myself. <laughs> yeah. So well, let's let's take a step back to just like your upbringing and your and most people again are not crazy enough to start a podcast and put themselves out there. Like, what were you like growing up? Um, 
you know, through college. I know you did some some uh, physical competitions. You've always really set some challenging goals for yourself. Just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So so going way back, I think it kind of started in high school. So for the longest time, I think like anybody, they want to be a doctor because it makes the most money. Which it doesn't. You also have like 30 <laughs> years of school. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to be a doctor. Junior year of high school, I took Dave Ramsey's personal finance class. Uh-huh. And I was hooked. Yeah. I didn't know if it was personal finance, if it was money, if it was just business in general. I was hooked. But I remember specifically, and hopefully my parents don't listen to this, but in high school, my mom didn't work. Mm-hmm. My dad owned his own construction business. And inevitably, that went down in 2008, yeah. 07, 08. And it took a while to get out of that hole. Yeah. So instead of, you know, my mom starting to work, my dad getting another job, they dipped into their savings. And I remember specifically one day junior year, I'm getting chills talking about it. My mom looked at me and she says, Brady, all of our bills are paid for this month, but we literally have $3 in our checking account. Wow. I'm a junior yeah. in high school. I'm, just, 17, I'm 17 16. years old. And to hear that, I'm just like, first of all, why are you telling me this? Yeah. But second of all, it's like, that's crazy. So how did that make you feel in that moment? I think I kind of felt a sense of confusion. You know, you see your parents. They're superheroes. Exactly. And and they're really good at putting on this persona that they got everything figured out. They're winging it. Don't worry about it. Exactly. And I'm learning that. You know, I'm newly married. I'm I'm learning. You got to wing it, you know. But I heard that and I was thinking like, I love my parents to death and they are the hardest workers I know. But I don't ever want to put my children in that situation. No. You know, so... I told myself, I'm going to get my finances on track. Granted, I'm 17. I never had a job before. I played soccer, so that, you know, had a lot of my time. Got my first job this summer after I graduated. And I saved up all my money to buy my own car. I mean, that says, you know, a lot of parents nowadays are buying their kids cars. I didn't get a car. I had to pay for my own before I went to college. So I did that. felt really proud about it. But obviously, I went to college with no money. You know, played soccer uh, freshman year of college. Didn't work. Then I quit. I transferred to a different school and I started working. And this is where my stupidity started to come into play. My parents paid my rent. They were paying for my school. Very thankful for that. Obviously things got better for them. I had like one cable bill and that was it. But And you had money coming in from a job. I was serving. Yeah. And I was serving a lot. I was working a lot. I think I made, I think it was like the last six months of my first year in college. I made like 16 grand, which to a, 18, 19 year old, that's a lot of money. Dude, that's, you got a comma in your check every month. Exactly. But I spent all of it. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. You're- I was stupid with it. I had no, I had no, I guess, knowledge of what to do with it. You know, it was like, I'm getting this money. And I, and I want to say too, it kind of had the mindset like, I never had money through high school. Like, I never had a job. It was always my parents giving me money. Now I've got my own. I can spend on whatever I want. Yeah, I mean, I can relate to that definitely. I remember in college when I got into fine dining and I was serving that my senior year. I mean, I was making a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars a night, three or four nights a week, four weeks a month. Do the math. Yeah, and it's all gone. I don't know, I don't know where I spent. Exactly, it. but I mean, you know, you think about I'm serving. I'm making more than some people make at their full time jobs. And I'm spending every bit of it. Yeah, you blow money at the bars, on exactly. girls, on clothes, and all this stupid crap. I remember. Uh, I think it was senior year of, of college. Yeah, we went to a bar. I was there for my first 15 minutes there. I spent $130. Damn. I got off work, probably made like 250, 300 that night. I was feeling good. Went, got a pitcher of beer, about 15 of us at the table. And I said, I'm going to buy shots for everybody. Oh, that's smart. But that was, yeah, that was my level of yeah. smartness then, you know? So it's like, you're getting lit, bro. 
Exactly. But I, I just didn't know what to do with the money. You know, it's like I, I took the Dave Ramsey personal finance class, but you can only digest so much at 17 years old and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. It's not realistic for someone like me to listen to because I don't have a job. I don't have income. I'm not investing. I don't even know how to spell investing at that point. Well, you know? and so much of it is, although I think he does a fine job, like it's just general stuff. Like exactly. everybody's situation is so unique. Exactly. And I, and I want to circle back to that with my own personal podcast, but you know, just with my journey, you know, so I graduated college, uh, dating my now wife, got engaged, got married. And it's just like, in the span of graduating college and when me and my wife got engaged a few months later, probably had a 20, 30 grand of debt, credit cards. I got a car. Hmm. I was convinced that I needed a new car. My car had too many miles on it. It was a 2017 Nissan Altima. It cost me 20 grand. Okay. Put like 1200 down on it. I still owe like 17 on it. Hmm. So then it just, it just kept snowballing. So then come September of last year, before me and my wife got married, which I, I'm a huge proponent for this, me and my wife combined our finances, mm-hmm. fiance at the time, because I figured we need to get on the right track now. Obviously, we didn't, but we need to get on the right track now so that when we get married, everything is going to be fine and dandy. Yeah. Well, I said that. And you're telling me everything wasn't fine and dandy the moment you got married? Oh, it was great. Okay, <laughs> Financially speaking. But, you know, everything was great except for our finances. And it was just like we commit to these plans and we have these budgets, but our budgets turn into more of like an expense tracker. Yeah. It was like, you know, Hey babe, I'm going to set $200 a month to dine out, but we've already spent 400 this month. We'll get it next month. Same thing. You know, it was, yeah. it was a plan that we were never committing to. So we got married and I finally sat down and full transparent. Me and my wife live with her parents for free. Mm-hmm. Very thankful for that. Wouldn't change that for the world. It's cause she just finished school. Yeah, and her old parents know, and you know they're able and in a position to let us live with them. So I was just like, we've got to get on a on a on track. We got to get on a budget. We got to do something because I don't want to look up a year from now, and we're getting a house, and we just we have the mortgage payment on top of what we're already paying. Yeah, you know, let's get on track now so that when we are a year from now getting into a house, we're on track to just save and invest and prepare for our future rather than just focus on the debt. That's just dragging us down, yeah. you know? So, I mean, that's where I'm at now, man. And, and like, I want to circle back around with the Dave Ramsey thing, you know, with my podcast, like you said, it's very general stuff. I will say that's a hell of a start for people who've never had an emergency. Exactly. Problem, right. Exactly. People who never had one comma, yeah. you know, I mean, they had that thousand dollars and it propels them. Okay. We, I can do this. Well, and the thing that he talks about that I really like is the power of focus, mm-hmm. focusing in on something and, and almost that, that positive feedback loop, of, oh, I got a comma. Now, how can I get two? Exactly. You know, so, so there's, you know, there's nuance to everybody's situation. But yeah, like, like I said, if no, somebody's never had a hundred bucks at the end of the month, getting to a thousand is mind It's huge. It's yeah. huge. And you know, I'm reading a book right now. I'll teach you to be rich by Remit Sethi. And he talks about Dave Ramsey's approach too, because when you get to step two, you're paying down your debts lowest to highest. Mm-hmm. But Remit Sethi says that's all fine and dandy, but for people like me and you that can actually formulate equations and numbers and it makes sense in our head, you got to pay down the ones with the highest interest first. So I actually talked to somebody about that. This is not me giving financial advice. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. It's just a conversation I had with someone a couple weeks ago. I actually kind of like the lowest to highest simply due to the emotional uh, small victories that it leads to. Exactly. And then the, 
than the feedback loop that I understand mathematically. Yeah. Don't send me angry emails. I understand mathematically that it may not make sense. I'm just talking about purely from an emotional standpoint. If you pay off that $200 credit card and they go to the $500, there's just this positive feedback loop. Of yeah, exactly. Of. And again, that goes back to the, the concept he talks about the power of focus. Yeah, and that's what I was getting to. He, he talks about like mathematically speaking, this makes sense. But psychologically speaking, Dave Ramsey's approach makes sense. Yeah. Because you pay something off and like you said, you're just like, okay, let's let's attack the next of course, one. For somebody who's super analytical with the mathematical approach exactly. might make sense it, because it, they get a joy out of paying off the highest interest. Because that makes sense to them. Correct. But most people, it doesn't make sense. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, for me, with Dave Ramsey's approach, it's great. And like you said, it pertains to a lot of people who have never even focused on their finances in the first place. I feel like there's a lot of gaps that need to be filled. And I want to you know, provide that information in those gaps. Because, you know, for me, you see a person coming from nothing, then six months later, they got millions of dollars. And, but that's all over social media. You don't actually know if they have millions of dollars. But Correct. They've what got millions of, of shit they've rented. And exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, what happened in those six months? You're going to struggle. You're going to fail. But all you're showing is your successes. That doesn't, I don't care about that. Yeah, that's not real, reality. No, it's not. I can, I can look up successes all day long on the internet. But I want to see the real shit. I want to be like, what happened to you? Because I think that's where people really start to resonate with your story. Yeah, it's everybody talks about the posts on Instagram, the vacation in Cancun and how awesome it is and their legs on the beach or whatever. But nobody posts them. Well, my husband slept with a you know, waitress or something on exactly. vacation after we fought. Exactly. Yeah, something, something ridiculous. There, it, the whole – and I've ranted about this. So I'm not going to rant about it again on the podcast. But the damn social media issues we have are just obnoxious. Exactly. Exactly. And that's with me too, you know. I'm getting interviews with some of these people that have over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Yeah. But you know, it's crazy. Just starting a podcast. I see that number and I'm like, Oh yeah, I want to interview that person. Not because, I mean, obviously they're doing something right, but because my interview with them, people are going to see that interview and be like, Oh shit. Look who he's interviewing. It's big people. Yeah. But in reality, that doesn't matter. How many followers you have doesn't matter. I think how much money you have and how well you manage your finances matters so much more. And I want to find out, you know, how does how you manage your finances correlate with how popular you are on social media? Hmm. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had some relatively large names on the podcast and I've never, it's, I don't know. Again, when I look at the actual numbers, because I have a behind the scenes view of like how the podcast is doing it, there's not really much of a correlation between an increase in numbers between the like celebrity status of the person that I'm yeah. talking to. The listeners are the listeners and the increase is pretty consistent. Yeah. So I originally thought like, man, if I could just get like somebody huge on here, it'd be such a big deal. And then like, no, not really. You need to put out quality and exactly. You need to, and again, you need to grind behind the scenes to make it worthwhile listening to exactly. something people want to listen to. Yeah. And that makes sense too. I mean, I think it's, it's the quality and like, how well can the person you're going to interview can convey the story you're trying to tell? Yeah. You know, just because they're a big name doesn't mean they can convey that story, you know? Yeah. I mean, so let me ask you this, like how much do you fall into the trap of being 23? So you're Gen Z, you're not even a millennial no. Gen Z, bro. People mistake that. I'm not a All right. I hate that so much. Millennials are not the ones eating Tide Pods. It's Gen Z. Stop <laughs> making us sound like idiots. 37 year old grown men and women are not eating Tide Pods. I'm sure there's someone out there. No. no, millennials are perfect. <laughs> Um, okay. So Gen, so Gen Z manhood apparently is what the podcast yeah, yeah. is called. 
So how much do you find yourself falling into that trap of like, man, I wish I was there without even realizing, oh shit, we're not even on the same path, not to mention the same destination. You mean with people like social media, like pressure, peer pressure, self-comparison, depression, oh, et cetera. It, it's crazy. You know, me and my sister-in-law were talking about this the other day because my, my brother and his wife have given up social media. Good for them. And obviously it's not easy for people in my generation, but yeah. they said you are scrolling and you're just forgetting about the person you're next to. Mm-hmm. They said one night they both got on Facebook and 30 minutes went by. They didn't say a word to each other. Cause you just get so focused on what, on meaningless shit, you know, it doesn't mean anything, but then you see someone's life, you start comparing yourself to their life yep. and being my age, you know, it's tough, you know, being in my situation and my story, $50,000 in debt. I want to be financially free someday. I want to get a house. I see people that are younger than me that are already doing that stuff. Yeah. But what you don't see is, and there's nothing wrong with this. If you've got the situation that can take care of it, but their grandparents buying them the house and then them right. paying a mortgage back to the grandparents. But you know, on social media is really good about not conveying that. Part. Correct. You know, Correct. so being, being my age, I see stuff like that and I think, damn, why can't I do that? He, he's already got it thought out. You know, why, why have I already put myself in this hole? And you know, it's going to be however many years before I'm where he's at and he's three years younger than me, you know? Yeah, and But again, you don't see the behind the scenes. And again, exactly. if you've got a grandparent or a parent or something, yeah, whatever, Awesome. That is great. But that's not the same situation. You mm-hmm. can't compare. That's not exactly. apples to oranges. Exactly. And that's what I want to convey with my podcast too. Everybody's financial journey is different and you shouldn't compare what you're going through to somebody else's. Yeah, you might have some similarities, but there's so many different branches of it that are going to defer. So you just got to go on your own path. Take outside advice when it actually pertains to your situation, but just keep going forward. I'm a big proponent of progression, not perfection. Yeah. And, you know, I want to I want to pay off this debt in one whole year. That's a pretty big goal, considering my salary is yeah. less than what I'm what the debt number is. But. A year from now, I still want to look back and be like, I have made so much progress towards my goal. Yeah. And now it's going to be, you know, due time until I've actually hit my goal. Yeah. You know, well, and sorry to go back to the house example. I think this is important. Let's break the math down real quick. All right. Let's take an individual who's buying a house. A first-time home buyer, they're getting an FHA loan. That's right. nine times out of ten what's going down. So you need 3.5%. to put three, 3.5% yep. down. Okay? You're going to pay mortgage interest on it. So let's say you're buying a $360,000 house, which in Nashville is not unreasonable. Okay? It's like two-bedroom, two-bath. <laughs> yeah. So 360, 3.5% down after mortgage insurance, taxes, uh, homeowner's insurance, you're probably looking at $2,200 a month. Okay? If your grandparent buys you uh, a house... And you pay them back with 0% down, your all-in cost, your grandparents will probably be $19.50 a month. Yeah. Zero down, but because you're dr- dropping off the mortgage insurance. Exactly. Just that alone. Yeah. That alone, is, and you and you, and you maintain $12,600 that you didn't have to put in a down payment. Exactly. And the other $9,000 that you didn't have to put down in closing costs. Well, I guess you would still have to close. But never mind. There are some closing costs, but yeah. no mortgage origination fee, blah, 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 blah. So I'm just saying, again, it's it's it goes even deeper than that in the comparison game. When you really start breaking it down, it's like, oh, oh, this is this is not even exactly. – this is nine days. Exactly. And, and that's something too like, you know, when I'm comparing myself, this journey has helped me take a step back and be like, their journey is so much different than mine. Yeah. They have a different upbringing. 
they might have graduated high school or college, no debt. Their mm-hmm. parents might have funded everything for them, bought them a new car, whatever. So like this is this is my journey. Yeah. And I'm passionate about my journey, no one else's. But I want to facilitate interviews with people like you and the people I've interviewed so far in the future interviews to show like that everybody's journey is different. Mm-hmm. And I want you to take what you can from them yeah. and apply it to your own. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, something I tell folks when I schedule interviews is I say, you know, if we can impact one person with the conversation we have today, we accomplished our job. Like that's mission accomplished. Oh, one yeah. person. That's it. Impact one person positively in some way. And you can change the world in so many different directions. Uh, I mean, imagine if every single one of us just strived every single day to impact one person positively, what the compounding effect would oh, be yeah. on society. Yeah. And, you know, right now we look out this window and we look at downtown Nashville and we see 17 cranes and it's beautiful and all that. But, you know, somebody has to fill those buildings and somebody has to live there and somebody has to build them. And somebody, there's a construction worker walking, you know, right there building that. And every single one of those people has a story. Yeah. And that's that's what I commend you on. It's That's really, really interesting. Because, I mean, that's the thing, too. You know, my my, my story is or the purpose is to facilitate interviews with people, the average individual, people just like you. Mm -hmm. And even if they are at a place better than what we are today, they were once at a place where you are now. Yeah. And that's what I want to talk. I want to talk to that, that the side of that person. I don't want to talk to where you are now. I want to talk to where you were and how you got to where you are now. Yeah. That journey. Cause everyone has a different journey. Everyone has different goals. And like you said, everybody has a story and I don't think, I don't think you should direct your conversations with people who only have stories people want to hear. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that's my story, man. It's like personal finance is something I'm passionate about and everyone has a different journey with it. And everyone has different struggles. You know, I'm sure there's someone who's five times as much as that I am without a house. You so, know? Yeah. Anybody who graduated from Vanderbilt um, <laughs> or Belmont. So where do you see the podcast going moving forward and where do you see your own evolution and thinking going moving forward because one thing i've noticed about the pod my podcast is it's impacted greatly the way i think about the world and because i'm constantly just absorbing people's knowledge and then i hear it over and over again as i'm editing it so so where are you seeing your evolution and thinking happening i I honestly so i've done this will be my fourth interview uh obviously not my podcast my podcast on yours but everyone has different tidbits of information that I'm putting on my own journey mm-hmm. and I have kind of reformulated my budget as these interviews are going. That makes sense. So it's like, Oh, that makes sense. I didn't think about that before. I'm going to put that on my budget right now in my plan. But as far as the interview going forward, I, I continuously think I'm going to just pivot. Everything is just going to be a pivot. You know, I'm going to hear it by some one person. I'm going to keep going to go a different direction and on and on and on. And it's crazy too. I don't know if you, if you, felt this too but like i'm this is my fourth interview i feel so much more comfortable than the first interview oh man dude it was I, crazy i remember my first interview yeah like it was with james who was my best friend and the reason i asked james to do the first interview one i love the story but two i'm just thinking man get, i need somebody who's not gonna get like the nerds out yeah like i need someone who's gonna love me no matter what and if it sucks it sucks and we can re-record exactly. he's not gonna be mad that we have to re-record exactly and that's something too. I listen to a podcast called Entrepreneurs on Fire. And the host, John Lee Dumas, he says, I think he's done like over 2,000 episodes in seven years. That's a lot of episodes. He does them like almost every day. But he's like, I, I go back to like my first 100 episodes and I listen and they suck. <laughs> 
but you know, I'm on my fourth episode and I'm like, man, I've gotten so good. Yeah. You know? So it's like 10 episodes next. I'm going to be like, man, I sucked 10 episodes ago. You know, that is true. You do go, you do go back and you start listening to things and you're like, Oh my gosh, why, why did I say that? Yeah. Why did I say that? Why, why couldn't I make that transition happen? Or, exactly. And why did I, why did I say that sentence? So weird. Yeah. I couldn't convey what I was trying to say, you know, yeah. but it's just crazy. And you know, going off of that, I have someone I'm working with, a business partner, and I'll get to that later about what we want to, with the direction we want to go with the podcast, like business wise going forward. But, you know, we talk every single morning at 7.30 a.m. on the dot, on the ride to work. And I was talking to him about my idea for the podcast and my mission and my thought process. I formulated it so well. And I even said, I said, I don't know how I just said that. Mm. it's like I'm understanding my own mission the more I talk about it. Mm. So that, okay, let's expand on that a little bit. A lot of people in their day-to-day lives are missing a mission. They're missing uh, clarity and vision and a plan around their life and what they're trying to accomplish. So you think talking to people about what they're trying to achieve in their lives will help them clarify that mission? Absolutely. You know, Why? With, you know, with my journeys, I mean, personally speaking, the first thing, the only guidelines for my podcast was I want to be out of debt and I want to be accountable for it. Okay. And now if we've talked, there's so much more to it. But if you would have asked me a month ago, I couldn't have told you that because hmm. I didn't know. I think the more you talk about your goals and your mission and where you want to be a year from now, that's just going to continuously get better and better and better and better. And you're going to have a way better plan and a way better mission. My mission is so much more detailed now than it was a month ago. Yeah. And a month from now, it's going to be even more detailed. I'm going to be able to talk about it in ways I can't talk about it right now. But obviously right now, I don't know that. Yeah. So like you said, I I think a lot of people lack a mission. I think people go through their day to day and they don't know what they're working towards. They have no clue. Hmm. I think people don't have goals that are bigger than them. And that's why I think like these podcasts, like what you're doing is great. You know, I think your goal is to bring I mean, obviously I'm not part of it. Millennials together. (laughs) People in general. People in general together and kind of formulate the goals and initiative and, you know, push that out into the world. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's enough people doing that. Yeah, there was, in my opinion, hence why the project was created in the first place. I definitely felt like there was a need. And I was right, I guess. Yeah. We're still recording. Yeah. A year and a half later. You didn't quit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So... You know, it's such a unique marketplace and such a unique opportunity to just have a voice. And it's crazy because having a podcast is not hard. Mm-mm. It's really, you do it in a day. Yeah. Like get everything set Granted, up. It sucked, but yeah, it, it's out there, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's going to get better. Yeah. And it, it really is. It makes me wonder like how many voices out there that should be heard that aren't being heard because of just a pure either lack of initiative or lack of confidence or just not even knowing that they can have a voice out there. And that's, mm-hmm. that's why I try to find people with inter- interesting stories and just say, Hey, tell us about it and let's learn something from you. Yeah. And I think that's too, you know, like what you're doing with interviews and me too, if people resonate with their stories then they kind of start to formulate like, what's my story? Yeah. And what voice do I have out in the world? Yeah. And they just keep going off of that. Yeah. And then it just builds on top of it. And, like I said, it's that compound effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I know we've got to wrap up here in a little bit, but man, this was actually really, really fun. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, I, can talk seen each- yeah I was about to say, we can talk forever. Yeah. We've got a time limit on yeah. it. Um, and one question I always like to ask folks to wrap a podcast up with is, 
if you could go back to 18-year-old Brady, all wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, you know, uh, ready to conquer the world, thinks he's hot shit because he's playing soccer in college. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was D3, nothing special. Yeah. Couldn't even get a scholarship. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but if you could go back to 18-year-old Brady, knowing all that you know and knowing all that you know about yourself, what's one thing you would tell yourself at 18? You know – when you, when you talked about this before the podcast, I was thinking I would tell myself to just get my personal finances on track, mm. but it's not that easy. Yeah. I think what I would tell myself is don't quit. Here's what I mean by that. Too many times in my life, and I'll name a few, I quit college soccer. I just mm. I didn't enjoy it anymore. I started some fitness business in college, quit that because I felt stupid doing it. Uh, I got a second job right after I graduated college. I quit that because it just wasn't for me. I have a second job now, but I'm trying to stick to it. I think you just got to commit. You got to commit. And I think when you start something, you need to know why you started it in the first place. And I think that helps your commitment level. You know, for me in this podcast and then my full-time job and my side job, your marriage, your goals, you got to know why you're doing that in the first place and you got to commit. And I wish I had that just brink of knowledge then to where I could tell myself, just don't quit. It'll be worth it. Yeah. So I think that's with anybody. And I don't think you're ever, it's ever too early or too late to start that because I think we as a society, especially my generation, when shit gets tough, you quit. Yeah. You back out. Yeah. And with this podcast, keeping myself accountable I told myself, if I'm going to commit, I want people to hate me if I quit. Mm. I want people to hate me and I want people to look down on me if I quit. Man, we know if you're a carrot or a stick. Yeah, <laughs> because they know he put himself out there with the podcast. He told us how much debt he's in and he's already done. Yeah. It's like. Interesting. You know, I think like for me, I think there's so many big things for everybody out there and it's up to you to find it. And obviously I have my own personal things I think that I'm, I'm made for, but in order to get to that level, I've got to commit to what I'm doing now. Yeah. And it's all just going to be a journey. Like I said, that mission just going to keep snowballing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, how can people listen to budget track? So we are actually on iTunes now. Oh, they uh, finally got your kidney. It took like two weeks. Yep. I don't know if that happened to you, but yep. so anchor.fm slash budget trek. That's B-U-D-G-E-T-R-E-K. Only mm-hmm. one T. That is where we host our podcast. I have a website, budgettrek.com. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher. Radio Public probably. Yeah, just weird. I've never heard of those before, but we're all over the place. Uh, we got a Facebook page. We're almost at 200 likes. Ooh. I'm getting there. Uh, we got an Instagram page. That's lacking a little bit, but we're working on it. You're doing a hell of a lot better job than I am on the social media front. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, social media is, is good because you can reach everybody. Yeah. No, some part of the world. So I'm it's just crazy. Lazy. Yeah, it is what it is. But I have a I have a listener in India. Oh, yeah. Isn't it cool how you can look? Like, yeah, I was like, who do I know in India? Nobody. Yeah. But, yeah, but dude, you will start getting random listens. Yeah. Especially with you like talking to that guy in England and all over the world. It's like, I don't know anybody in Belgium or something. Dude, those people all reach out to me. And they're yeah. like, can I be on your podcast? I'm like, talk, let's talk on the phone. So we yeah. Skype. I'm like, I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I'll uh, I'll make sure to put all the info in the show notes. Um Obviously, give give Brady a, a five star review on iTunes now that he's finally on iTunes. 
Uh, if you want to reach out to him, I'm sure you can slide in his DMs yeah. on, uh, on the gram. I got an email, Brady at BudgetTrek.com. Boom, at, at BudgetTrek.com. See, I got the MillennialManhood.net. Bring the .net back because some jackass bought MillennialManhood.com. And Probably don't even use it. Wanted six grand for it. Um, <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> but for us, MillennialManhoodCIP at gmail.com, MillennialManhood.net. Holler us if you need anything. I'm back, guys. I know I've been gone for a while. Like I said a couple episodes ago, or last episode, Car Wreck threw me off for a little bit, but I'm back. We got some episodes. We got some cool people lined up. Let's get excited. Let's let's crush it the rest of the Absolutely. year. 2019's been great. Let's uh, let's make it the best year ever. And um, again, if you've got complaints or of any sort, make sure it's constructive criticism. You can email us. Don't just complain. Offer a solution. Otherwise, shut up. <laughs> uh, and we'll we'll talk to you guys soon.